coach. Now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua was old, advanced in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and said to them, I am old, advanced in age. And you've seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you, for the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. So Joshua here is at the end of his life, and, and he's had an amazing life, hasn't he? I mean, 40 years, he's out there in the wilderness as Moses' assistant, and the book of Exodus gives him that title, that this is Moses' assistant, Joshua, and he was very faithful in serving Moses and being faithful to Moses and just there for Moses as he had a simple ministry when he began his ministry to Moses that he would be there at the base of the mountain while Moses was up on the mountain and he uh, was uh, receiving the law of God and he was there receiving the instructions and the dimensions to the tabernacle and all the furnishings to the tabernacle and Joshua was faithful to just be watching and there at the base of the mountain where he was supposed to be. And Joshua was one with a very humble heart because Joshua wasn't there thinking, you know what, I could be in the camp and talking with people and, and, and you know, they're doing some good or I should be up on the mountain with Moses and all the great things that are going on up there and the glory of God. But he was just there faithful, serving the Lord and serving Moses. And he was there. And then also Moses, as we read in the book of Exodus chapter 32, that and moving to chapter 33, that there was Moses that folded up his tent, went outside of the camp. He put up his tent where he prayed to the Lord in fellowship with the Lord. And it says that it was the Lord that met with Moses face to face and would speak to Moses as a man speaks to his friend. And um, so there was Moses having deep level of fellowship with the Lord, just how glorious that must have been. And there was Joshua outside of the tent watching and waiting and just being that humble servant. We know that Joshua would be down in the valley fighting the Amalekites. So Joshua was one that was very humble. He did those simple tasks. And, of course, Jesus says to you and to me that you be faithful in the little things and I'll give you greater things to do. And that's a real key for us who are serving the Lord, who, who desire to serve the Lord. You just be faithful in those little things that God has given you to do and where he has placed you and opportunities that he's given to you. And as you are faithful in those things, that, that perhaps as you desire to continue to serve him, he'll give you greater things to do. And I believe Joshua was very content in what he was doing with the Lord. He was faithful to the Lord as he was one of uh, the two spies that came back with a good report, of course, Caleb, that said, you know what, so what if there's giants in the land? Let's go take the land. God has promised us uh, to, um, you know, take the promised land. And so let's claim his promises. And Joshua would uh, be the one that would then eventually, after 40 years of being out there in the wilderness with Moses, that Moses uh, in his last days would say, Joshua, you're going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. It's not going to be me. So Joshua dies there on Mount, or Moses on Mount Nebo. Joshua, as we have seen, takes him into the promised land. Seven years of battles that we talked about going through the book of Joshua. Thirteen years of dividing the land. So 60 years Joshua has been faithfully serving the Lord. And here it says that as Joshua is at the end of his life, he calls for the elders. He calls for um, the heads and their judges and the officers. And he says to them, I'm old. And he begins to give his farewell address to them. Now, whenever I see somebody of faith 
that is used mightily of the Lord like Joshua or somebody else in the scriptures that they're given their farewell address or they're given their final words. Uh, I like to pay special attention to it because if I was to give my final farewell to you, I would really share what was on my heart and the deep things of my heart with you. And that's what Joshua is doing here. He is really sharing and pouring out his heart to them. It reminds me of what Paul the Apostle would do in Acts chapter 20 as he was addressing the Ephesian elders for the very last time. He says, you guys aren't going to see me anymore. And he begins to share with them his heart. And, and, and it's a wonderful, wonderful chapter that you read there in Acts chapter 20. You know, Joshua was one, as he's given his farewell address, what does he do here? He says, you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations. The Lord your God, he is the one that has fought for you. And I think there's a very important lesson in that for, for I know for me, but for all of us. That he is not going to focus on his accomplishments. He doesn't stand up and say, you know, for the last 60 years, I've been faithfully serving the Lord, and I've done this, and I've done that, and I was faithful, you know, when the spies came out, and I led you across the Jordan, and I've done all these battles, and he doesn't focus on his accomplishments. He doesn't even mention his accomplishments, but he focuses on what the Lord has done, because anything that we do accomplish is because of the Lord anyway, isn't it? And he gets the glory and he gets the honor. And so Joshua is a true man of faith and a true man that used of the Lord in, in that simplicity, in that humility, that he wants to give the glory to the Lord because he knows that the Lord has done the work through him and through the children of Israel. You know, Paul the Apostle was the same way. Paul was one that he always gave glory to the Lord and he didn't elevate himself and, and all of this that you can see in ministers today or those who are serving the Lord that want to get puffed up and want to, you know, brag about their accomplishments and stuff. Paul the Apostle would only glory in the Lord is what he says. I only glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. He said, God forbid that I should glory in anything else. And I can't help but think about my own pastor, Pastor Chuck Smith. He wrote to us in February to us senior pastors. He said that next you know, month, we have our Seniors Pastors Conference in June. He says, in June, I want all you guys to be there. And he said, I want you to be there during the whole time. And Pastor Chuck has been a faithful servant of the Lord, just a humble man. God has used him in such a powerful, powerful way. And he is going to address us, and he's going to speak from Acts chapter 20, which I find to be very intriguing because that was Paul's last address to the Ephesian elders. Now, I am not saying that Pastor Chuck is, is going to give us his final address, but he does know that, that you know, his ministry is, is going to be coming to an end fairly soon. He's an amazing man. He's 84 years old, and he keeps going, and he keeps ministering, and I know he's going to keep doing that as long as he can. But I do find it interesting that he is going to be teaching from Acts chapter 20. And I know my pastor, Pastor Chuck, who's been a humble servant and been an incredible, you know, testimony and witness and example to us guys what it really means to have a shepherd's heart and to have a pastor's heart and have a servant's heart. He never glories in himself. He never glories, you know, in, in what God has done, you know, through him and with him in the Calvary Chapel movement. He always is excited about what the Lord is doing presently. He gives the glory to the Lord. He's always just um, full of grace and, and humbleness, and it's amazing. And I've learned from that. And I want to be like this. 
I want to be like Pastor Chuck. I want to be like Paul the Apostle in that example that however long, you know, the Lord tarries and, and I have the opportunity to continue to teach God's Word, I want to give glory to Him. And, and I want to talk about the Lord's accomplishments and emphasize the Lord and give glory to Him in all that He has done because I'm just a vessel. And Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And you know what? That's so true. So he says to them, you know what, guys? Um, I'm gathering you. I, you've seen all the Lord, what he has done in verse 4. See, I've divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations I cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left hand. You guys, you've seen the accomplishment of the Lord. You have your inheritance, and you keep his word because God is faithful. God has been faithful to you. You know, in Ephesians, as we read the book of Ephesians, it takes us up into the heavenlies. In Ephesians, particularly in chapters 1, 2, and 3, we see that we are reminded of the, the spiritual blessings that are ours in, in, in the Lord, in, in being believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is spiritual blessings for us. And one of the things that we have uh, seen very clearly as we've gone through the book of Joshua, you see it throughout all of the scripture that, that the Lord desires for us to experience the fullness of, of his blessing and richness of of what he has for us. He desires for us to really experience his goodness and, and his faithfulness. And, and that's the whole theme of the book of Joshua, go in and possess what God has given to you. And we've seen those principles, how it is that we can enter into that fullness of blessings and that abundant life that the Lord has for you and for me. And so I hope that you've been writing those things down. And first of all, we know that one of the principles that we've seen, that there is you know, blessing, and we are able to enter into the fullness of what God has for us as, first of all, we walk with him, as we're obedient to the Lord. So here's Joshua once again telling them. He's saying, listen, you be courageous to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. And if there's one thing that we have seen very clearly in going through the Old Testament, there is blessing in obedience and walking with the Lord. So as we do that, as we're walking in his ways, his ways are good, aren't they? And they are true. We'll experience the richness of his blessings and the fullness of his blessings that he has. We'll, we'll you know, just enter into what he has uh, that he desires for us to possess because, Lord, I hear your word. And you're telling me to walk in this way, and that's what I'm going to do, and I know that you're going to bless me. But also in verse 7, unless you go among the nations, uh, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, no, nor bow down to them. But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. So not only walking with the Lord, being obedient to the Lord, but secondly, hold fast to the Lord. You learn of him. Hang on to him, folks. Stay close to him. And just let him be the priority of your life. And as we talked about on Sunday, that as Paul was talking about, um, you know, as he was talking about whatever state you find yourself in, whether married or widowed or 
um, single or whatever it might be, that you can serve the Lord and please the Lord whatever state that you are in. But the key is you make the Lord the priority of your life. And it was Jesus that said that you seek the kingdom of God first in his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. And as we make him the priority of our lives in every area of our lives, whether it's with relationships or in our jobs or with our families, whatever it might be, in every single area, we're going to see that the Lord's going to bless that more than we could ever do or hope to accomplish in our own energies and our own strength. So you keep the Lord the priority. You hang on to Him. You cling to Him. You abide in Him. And you are obedient to the Lord. And in verse 9, we see, For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations, but as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man you shall chase a, a thousand, and, and for the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. And so take heed to yourselves. You know what that means. It would be Paul that would write to Timothy, that young pastor. He said, Timothy, you take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you're going to save yourself and those who hear you. And so what Paul was saying is, take heed to yourself. That's what Joshua is saying to the congregation. Take heed to yourself. He's not saying focus on yourself. He's not saying being full of yourself. He's saying take heed to yourself. And what that means is you take care of yourself spiritually. Make sure that you're cultivating that deep personal relationship and love for Jesus Christ. Make sure you're staying close to the Lord. That's what it means to take heed and to the doctrine. In other words, Timothy, Paul was saying, you make sure that not only are you cultivating that deep love for the Lord and taking care of yourself, taking heed of yourself spiritually, but you continue in the Word of God because the Word of God is going to give you wisdom and you're going to be safe and you're going to have blessing as you take the Word of God and apply it in your life. And I know that all of us know that, don't we? That God's Word is true and God wants to to bless us. He wants us to know His ways so we don't get deceived or in bondage or fall into sin or you know, um, just fall into the deception of the world. He's telling them, Joshua, here, don't go after that which is false, but you take heed to yourself and you make sure that you understand that the Lord your God loves you and he loves us as well and he wants what's best for you and for me and he wants us to walk in a way of truth in a way that we will be safe. As Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33 says that there's safety in the word of God. There's safety in God's wisdom. God's wisdom is not just knowing God's word, but it's knowing God's word and then having it worked out in your life. I know people that they have a lot of head knowledge of the Bible, but they don't apply it in their lives. And I've seen people that are very, very smart scripturally, but they live like fools. Wisdom, godly wisdom, is taking the word of God and working it out in your life as you're loving the Lord. And applying it in your life and walking in his ways and holding fast to the Lord and walking in obedience to the Lord. So these are principles, again, that we've looked at, truths that we've looked at, going through the book of Joshua, that there are no dark you know, secrets and we don't have to read books about the secrets of having a successful Christian life or a mature Christian living or whatever it is. It's simply walking with the Lord 
It's simply holding fast to the Lord and then taking heed to yourselves, cultivating that deep personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And as you do that, you'll experience, again, the richness and the fullness of what God has for you in your life. And so we continue in verse 12 as he's addressing them. He says, Or else if indeed if you go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, that these that remain among you and make marriages with them and go into them and they to you know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you but they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given to you don't go after those other gods they're going to be snares and traps and a scourge in your side and a thorn in your eyes and that's so true. I mean, do, do we believe that tonight? That as he's given this warning, don't go after those gods. And again, chapters 23 and 24 are really a prelude. It's a conclusion to the book of Joshua, but a prelude to the book of Judges. And we're going to see what happens now to the children of Israel in the book of Judges as they're going to forsake the Lord, they're going to go after those other gods. We're going to see in a few chapters in the book of Judges, they start to intermarry with the Canaanite you know, people, and we see that they're going to find themselves in bondage, and they're going to find themselves depressed, and they're going to find themselves in terrible consequences and circumstances because they forsook the Lord. And the Lord came to them, as we saw in Deuteronomy chapters 28 and 29. If you follow after me and love me, you're going to be blessed. If you forsake me, you're going to find yourself in bondage, and you're going to find yourself being held captive, and you're going to find yourself experiencing terrible, terrible consequences because of it. And the book of Judges is going to show us that. So verse 14, Behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Now I love this verse, verse 14. I love this verse because he says, Not one word has failed that I said to you. I told you that I would drive out those inhabitants. I told you that where your foot would stand, that you possess the land. I told you that I would fight for you. I gave you all these good promises, and you believed me, and you were ones that you have seen that, you've experienced it. And the promises that God gives to us, that his word is not going to fail to us, is he? And when we read his word, and that's why it's so important to be established in his word, when his word says to you and to me that I promise I'll never leave you or forsake you, we can stand on that and say, Lord, you're with me, even though I may feel alone or or think you're not with me. Your word declares to me that you will never leave me or forsake me. When your word says that you promise to work all things out for good for those who love you, who are called according to your purposes, I know that you're going to work in eternity's values and views. I may not know and understand exactly how you're working it for good right now, but I can trust that you are and rest in that. And all those promises that God has for us, we know that not a word is going to fail because his word is true and God is not a liar. But we also know this, that the blessings that he gives to us in his word, that also the warnings that he gives to us, that not a word is going to fail us. Do we understand that as well? They saw the goodness of God, but now they're going to experience also that God's word will not fail when they forsake the Lord. And the warnings that God gives to us when we stray off uh, away from him, when we begin to go after the things of the world, when we 
open ourselves up to being deceived by the enemy, that God says that there's going to be consequences for that. And in the book of Galatians, we know that the Lord would say that God is not mocked, don't be deceived, whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. And if you sow into the seeds of the flesh, then of the flesh you're going to reap corruption. And if you sow into the spirit of the spirit, you shall reap into everlasting life. No one is exempt from that. So as we're sowing seeds of the spirit and staying close to the Lord, and, and as we are walking with him, those things that we do today, there's going to be a harvest that's going to come up. And if we are sowing to the flesh and going after the ways of the world and the things of the flesh, of the flesh are going to reap corruption. And God's word is true in that. So we know that God's word is true when it comes to the blessings that he gives to us that we love to read and stand on and claim, but also in the warnings that he gives to us as well. And sometimes I have to explain that to people who come into my office and, and, and they'll talk to me and, oh, things have been terrible and, and they're going through a difficult time. But they're going through that difficult time because they've made some bad choices or they've strayed away from the Lord or they've been living after the world. And I have to tell them, you know what, as they say, well, I know God loves me and all this. He does love you, but here's the thing. He also warns you as well. He loves you, and he gives you those warnings. And he warns you and I not to go in that direction. So again, that's why it's important that we know what God's word has to say and know that his word is true and the blessings and also in the warnings that he gives to us. In verse 15, Therefore it shall come to pass that as all the good things have come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things until he has destroyed you from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. And when you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and gone and served other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land which he has given to you. So again, we see that when you go after those other gods, and we're going to see this in the book of Judges, you're going to experience defeat, you're going to um, experience bondage, and you're going to experience a lot of terrible things. And so that's why it's important that why. What, we're obedient to the Lord? That we hold fast to the Lord? Separate yourself from that which is false, from the world, and yet you have a love and affection for the Lord. Notice that Joshua says here in verse 11 that you love the Lord your God. One of the things, and I, I know I sound like a broken record and um, in this, I got to be careful, you know, using that term, a broken record. Most of us know what that means, don't we? I was, I was saying that to the, the youth kids the other day, and one of them, what's a broken record? Because they, don't, they never listen to records. It's, it's, I, they never seen one, exactly. And so and it didn't dawn on me, and they're going, Pastor Jeff, what does that mean? And um, because when, you know, when we were young, we had records, and they'd be damaged, and you'd play it on record player, and it'd, it'd have a scratch, and it'd play over and over and repeat. They had absolutely no idea what that meant because they'd never, a lot of them never seen a record or a record player anyway. So, I, I, you know, one of the things that I say over and over again <laughs> is that you guys love the Lord. I think that the more that I teach the Bible and the older I get in the Lord, it keeps coming back to that simplicity that you love the Lord. 
Love Him. And then the other things are going to take care of themselves. Love Him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Isn't that what the Lord said in the book of Deuteronomy? And in the book of Deuteronomy, as I emphasized there, and I really, the Lord really pressed it upon me as we were going through that book, because Deuteronomy is like, oh, going through all the law again and stuff. But the Lord really blessed you know, me in, in bringing that out, that don't you see, Jeff, what I'm saying here is love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he goes on and says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and then keep all my commandments and then teach them to your children. But what's the key? Love him. And he would cry out to the children of Israel, oh, that you would have a heart for me. The key is fall in love with the Lord. You fall in love with the Lord, and that's going to be worked out in your life, isn't it? You're in love with the Lord, and you're going to want to walk with the Lord. And and you're going to want to live for the Lord. And you're going to want to hold fast to the Lord. Anything that you love, that is something as very powerful love is. And our first love and the priority of our lives is Him. And as you read the Scriptures, see His love. And as you know Him more, you can't help but fall more in love with Him. So keep reading the Scriptures. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Him. And don't leave that. And Jesus was talking to the Ephesian church there in Revelation chapter 2. It's the first church that he addressed, that seven letters there in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation. And he said to the Ephesian church, he said, I know you guys' works, and I know that you know you find those who are false. And, and he commends them and all these things. They were a working church and a productive church and really stood on truth. And, and they would point out those who are false, and and the Lord says, those are good things. But he said, one thing I have against you. You've left your first love. You've left your first love. And that's something that can happen in our lives. We come to the Lord, and I don't know about you, when I first came to the Lord and really understood the gospel, it's like, oh man, the love of Christ, that the Lord would save me and forgive me. And it was so incredible and so real. But what can happen over time is that that love that you, that you just express to the Lord and have for the Lord, it starts to get a little bit cold. And it was Jesus said that you've left your first love. He didn't say you lost it. There's a big difference. He said you left it. You need to go back. Go back and do those things that you were doing. Remember from which you have fallen. Repent and return. The three R's. Remember, repent, return. Remember what it was like when you first loved the Lord? Remember is what? Okay. Guys, we're going to close right now. And um, we got an emergency going on. So if we can close. Okay. Jerry, stop the tape. So.